0: new jersey devil fans i'm your host bo botch and welcome to the trap this is the first episode so this is my first time ever doing a podcast so please bear with me um i'm sure this is going to be a little rough but over time uh, i'm very confident that we will get the kinks figured out and um Hopefully they get, each one gets better as I continue to do them. So uh, I just want to throw this out there, and we'll see what kind of reaction we get, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout-out to the other guys that do um, some of these Devil podcasts. The first ones that come to mind are uh, Devil's Insider. Those guys are great. Um, I really appreciate and I respect their opinions on the team. They, they really know what they're talking about. Um, I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, the Let's Go Devil's podcast. Uh, Nick, I believe his name is Villiano. Uh, his podcast the other night where he interviewed Bryce Salvador and Will Scouch was probably my favorite um, podcast of the summer so far. So thank you to uh, to Nick. And uh, I'm a big fan of Mike Morial, who obviously it's great that the Devils have someone so close to the organization that's tied in with the NHL. and is so great with the uh, draft previews and prospects and knows all these kids as good as anybody in the NHL so um, the NHL draft class a podcast I'm a big fan of that as well so uh, big shout out to those guys and um, hopefully uh, you know we'll be in touch at some point but in the meantime I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with this and see where it takes me um, if you have any you know suggestions or questions or anything please feel free to comment and then we're kind of I'm just gonna play it by ear and see what happens. So the first topic I wanted to get uh, get onto was um, was the Devils and how they kind of have been soft the past couple of years. Not kinda, they have been soft the past couple of years. One of the things that pisses me off the most is I go to a lot of games. I'm a season ticket holder. Um, I go to a lot of games. Is you, you hate to see these guys that they don't win these. Uh, open ice, you know these these puck battles and open ice. They don't win board battles. They don't get into the hard area of the ice. They don't finish their checks it's it's frustrating you know you typically sports teams kind of have the same character or resemblance as the city or state that they're in you know you think of you think of the pittsburgh steelers and they're tough and it's a blue collar town and you think of you know even teams like detroit where it's you know lunch pail city or buffalo and uh and you think of the community and you think of their fan base and and how they are and then the team team typically kind of resembles that in a way and i i feel like new jersey has such a crazy reputation for being stubborn and being tough and gritty and grinding and you know nothing comes easy here and uh you know we're the most densely populated state and you got to fight for every inch of you know everything that you you do around here and it's like the Devils could be nothing further than people from New Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, they are are so easy to play against. When other teams come into our building, it's not like they're thinking, oh, well, you know, the Devils don't have the talent right now, but this is going to be a really hard game. They're a really stingy team to play against. It's not like that at all. The Devils give up so... They're so bad away from the puck, and they don't finish their checks, and they don't get into the gritty areas of the ice. And the devils have made a lot of i have to you know i can be tough amongst my friends and my family on tom fitzgerald but i have to give the guy a lot of credit this year he made some moves that i think are gonna actually pay off some serious dividends because he added toughness he added people that know what it takes professionals that know what it takes in order to win games big games so, obviously, the first thing, person that comes to mind is Andre Pilat And it's like, yeah, Andre Pilat just got done playing with Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman and Braden Point and Ryan McDonough. Like, these are good hockey players. These are tough guys. These are guys that go into the, you know, aren't scared to go into the dirty parts of the ice. Um He's a guy that we we haven't had a type of player like that in a long time. So it's going to be really refreshing. You can move him all around the lineup. You can play him with whoever. It's, you know, people complain about the contract a little bit. I'm fine with it. It's like you want to throw Pilat on the third line in the last year of his contract and overpay him the last year or maybe two years of his contract. It's like that's fine. The guy is going to add so much value to the team. He's big. He's physical. He gets in, you know, wins board battles. It's like he can see the game very well. People like that, there you can't put a price tag on. I, I truly believe that. Um, one of the other moves that we made was we, uh, player-wise, we, we moved Ty Smith for John Marino. The John Marino pickup is huge. Ty Smith was a good young prospect. It's sad when you see, ah, oh, this isn't going to work here, and you have to move a first round pick away. But he has one, he only had one layer to his game. The guy wanted to either, the kid was either going to be, uh, work on the power play, but if he didn't work on the power play, he was a liability defensively. You know, and he did. He reminded me of Will Butcher a little bit. It's like, you, you have to be able to play 200 feet. And you, you couldn't, it's going to be a lot different to where if you're, you know, Devils are up by a goal with a couple of minutes left in the game, throwing John Marino out on the ice instead of throwing Ty Smith out there, it's like you're kind of protecting your team. I, I, I really like that move. I think Marino is going to be a lot harder to play against. We have a ton of forwards that can, that can, um, put the puck in the net Scoring's not the team's problem we weren't able to defend we had horrible goaltending obviously but as long as marino can get the puck to our forwards which he can he's he's got a good outlet pass and we have other defensemen who are going to be um slowly you know hmm. They're going to be joining the system. I mean, and these are really good puck moving defensemen between Nemitz and Luke Hughes. I think the Marino pickup is is really a super solid pickup for us. That's going to add, that's a guy that's going to finish his checks. He's going to be hard to play against. And that's the kind of player that we needed. And luckily, we were in a position where we were fortunate enough to be able to move away from a player who has some good offensive ability from the back end and can jump into plays because we do have a pipeline filled with young kids who do kind of have the same game. And we got Dougie Hamilton, who's obviously going to be quarterback in the first power play, or Damon Severson for this year. So I really uh, respected and liked. uh, I thought that was a great pickup. The the Pavel Zaka uh, for Hall of Trade, that was another one. Man, if you've ever seen Pavel Zaka practice or see him in warm-ups, the dude is huge, and his release is insane. The guy had a great shot. He showed flashes of brilliance. He was – he. I really rooted for him, but he was just too inconsistent. You never knew what you were going to get from him. He would disappear for – Weeks at a time. It was really sad. They gave him every chance. He played with Nico. It's like he played center. He played wing. He got to play with Brat. There was no excuse. It got to the point where it was getting too hard. Um, you know, Bryce Salvador brought it up in the Let's Go Devils podcast uh, earlier in the week, which I really strongly suggest that you go check out. But he, he, you know, they brought up that he just wasn't able to live up to where he was drafted. And it's like you see all these people around him, Voronsky and Provorov, and blah blah blah. And it's like you know, we, we should we had we had to let that go. I think that was uh, he made a good point in that you had to let it go. It didn't matter if if Zaka went out and scored 25 goals, 75% of the Devils fans were still going to hate Pablo Zaka, and it was time to go. But the thing that really pissed me off about him was he did not play tough. He did not play good along the boards. He was he was did not use his body correctly um and it was frustrating seeing such a big kid who had so much talent and you know it gets to a point where it's your heart you have to go you have to go after it and there were times where i really questioned his work ethic and his his you know how devoted he was to the team so to switch to, to make that trade and get Hawala in at least you know what you're getting you're getting a guy that's going to finish checks um, he's going to be hard to play against you can move him around the lineup too if you want and um, there's a there's a good chance that he could literally have the same amount of points and everything as Pavel Zaka, but he'll add a little bit of heaviness to our game, which is what we need. We need some guys that can go crash in on the four check. He's probably going to be a third-line center. Tataro play on his left wing. And then what I really want to see is I want to see Zetterlin beat out uh, Janssen for that right-wing position on the third line. To me, Zetterlin is a fucking beast. That kid is built like a brick shithouse, and he's exactly the type of player that the Devils need. He actually reminds me of what the Devils wanted when they drafted Pavel Zaka. Now, obviously, I think when they drafted Zaka seventh, they were hoping for a little more production, but, I mean, Zetterling could be a guy that is just a wrecking ball out there that goes and finishes his checks and is really hard to play against once he gets down below the goal line. And his shot—if you haven't seen his shot—that kid can let it fly. So I have a lot of—I'm um, really, I'm really hopeful for him. He's a guy that, to me, I think he makes a team over Holtz actually uh, this year. So I'm curious to see. I think he's going to add a little bit of—he's um, going to add a little bit of pressure to, on the forecheck, and which is going to make it harder for us to play against. He's not scared of getting thrown his weight around and getting physical. So he's a guy I'm excited about. Um, and then, the the big one to me is Sergey Breelan coming up, and joining the big club. Coming up from Utica, he's been with the team obviously for thirty plus years. But I tell you what, for you know some of you younger guys that didn't get to see Sergey Breeland play all that much. I mean, that guy used to get lit up, like, every other game he would literally get creamed and you would think to yourself, oh geez, like, is it because he's not skating with his head up, or like, what's he's not aware of what's going on on the ice, and it wasn't the case at all. The the guy knew exactly what he was doing, the problem is, he was putting himself in a position to where he was willing to take the hit in order to get the puck out of the zone. He wasn't just sticking his arm out and hopefully, like, trying to, like, flip it over somebody's stick at the blue line. He would go in full full blast. He would go to the dirtiest parts of the ice, knowing what was going to happen time and time again, make the play, and then get up and get off the ice and come back out for the next shift. And he's the type of guy where you're going to have him on the ice with some of these younger guys, and he's not going to give a shit whether you were drafted you know, in the first round, in the sixth round, if you're you know, five foot eight, he's not a big dude. If you're you know, you're five foot eight or five foot nine and or if you're six foot three, he's gonna expect these guys to go all out and play and do what it takes to win the game. So it's kind of good to have that. I, I, I like that having that in our in our system to where some of these guys are gonna be held responsible people are gonna be put on notice, hey, this is what it takes. Like, if you're not willing to do it, then I'll bring somebody else in that can. And hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but I feel like that's kind of what happened with Pavel Zaka and uh, when they moved him out. Um, I thought the siegenthaler dealer was great he's uh he's a stingy defenseman he's tough to play against it's good to know that he's going to be playing on the left side um, probably across from Hamilton for the next uh you know five years so I'm, I'm excited to, to have him long term he's my kind of player he's you know nothing flashy. Uh the dude can skate he's got he's such a smooth skater if you have, you know if you've ever seen him skate during warm ups or even during games i mean he has a really fluid nice stride and is very very rarely caught out of position and I think a lot of us do uh to his skating he doesn't take a ton of uh, crazy offensive chances either but um, he's a very good positional player, makes a really good outlet pass. He's a type of guy that I think could be a key piece, especially come the playoffs or getting into the playoffs down the stretch, um, protecting protecting leads and whatnot, and really allowing Dougie Hamilton or whoever he's playing with on the right side, whether it's Nemitz down the road, to be able to go and try to take some offensive risks and move the puck, get the puck up ice and use those skills, um, knowing that they have him as a blanket to support him on the back end so uh, I'm really I'm really happy to see that but um yeah I just I'd like to see the Devils just continue to um, become tougher to play against finish in their checks and I do I think you know Nico I think is very stubborn he's hard to play against and you got Mercer who he's got a little bit of a pit bull in him which I like to see Um, and then you're gonna add Palat to that I would like to see Sharon Govich kind of get a little more physical. He's not a small dude. He's big. He came out of nowhere, and he, he had a great rookie season, and I actually thought he was very responsible defensively as far as using his stick, um, being aware, good away from the puck. And then last year, he got off to a really slow start, not just in goals. like I, I mean, I was a little concerned about the goals, like basically not scoring any goals for the first 20 games of the season or one or two or whatever it was. But more importantly, I was really concerned about his play away from the puck. He looked like he was lost out there, and you can't play – don't expect to play wing alongside Jack Hughes or a number one overall pick if you're not going to be able to play 200 feet or if you're not going to be a, a contributing factor on the team. So he definitely scared me. Um, and he's a guy where he obviously turned it on the last you know half of the season. But, but let's be real, the last half of the season, the, the games didn't mean anything. And you know that doesn't mean they don't mean anything for the other teams that are playing them. There's other teams that are still playing to make the playoffs and whatnot. But um, he's a guy that I want to see a little more out of. Uh, as far as the 200-foot game goes, he needs to—he needs to, you know, get his game a little more rounded. I think the goals will come. His his shot is obviously really heavy, and uh, he hasn't—you an, know—he hits the net. He loves to shoot. He's got playmakers with him. Um, now it's up to him, uh, and that's not something that he can't learn. That's something that's up to him if he wants to go out there and he's willing to sacrifice his body, maybe block some shots or or whatever he has to do in order to chip a puck out of the zone or something like that. So he's a guy um, I'm hoping to see a little more from um, come the, of the the beginning of the year, and then my and then we go down the roster and we're looking at the fourth line. So. You know, it hurt not having Miles Wood here last year. He was a guy that kind of would set the tone for us um, as far as physicality. So, You know two years ago when we had the bmw line the mcleod and bastion and wood line i mean they were getting a ton of ice time they were getting as much ice time as our first and second line was because they were they were producing so they would throw the puck in they would bang bodies around they would four check heavy they'd wear teams out we would try to get a change in and then we would get a fresh you know set of bodies on and i i think after wood got hurt it really it really changed that line a lot. McLeod's game disappeared. McLeod was was playing for his life two years ago. When that when that line was really firing all cylinders. Last year, McLeod was nowhere to be found. He had I think it was like six goals in seventy something games for like twelve points. But more importantly, he lost his physicality. He took stupid penalty after stupid penalty. Um, you can't be it's and he was drafted 12th overall it's like you know we're gonna we're gonna shit all over paulo zaka because he was drafted seventh overall well mike mcleod was drafted 12th overall and he's really done nothing you know what i mean and i just thought last year he didn't play with the same kind of urgency that he played with uh in his previous year and um and then They gave him all the opportunity, too. I mean, the guy was on the ice. How often taking face-offs, Lindy Ruff just threw him out there to take a face-off, like, all the time. It's like, I get it. The guy can win face-offs, and that is a very important part of the game. But besides that, he didn't contribute at all. Um, Personally, I'm not running him out there at the beginning of this year, uh, especially after the, you know, the potential sexual assault, uh, you know, possible sexual assault, you know, allegations and whatnot. It's like... The for me the Mike McLeod uh, experiment is over, it really is. So I would prefer to put, I would probably put Boquist down there, and I get it, Boquist isn't a heavy guy by any means, but he's got some speed, and so does Wood, and Bastion obviously is good in front of the net, and he you know he fills a great role. I love Bastion, and uh, it's going to be really nice to see Miles Wood back. I hope he ends up coming back and is healthy, but. You see what I'm saying? If you get Wood back, you got Palat, you got Holla, you got Mercer, you got you got Marino, that's a lot of more physicality in the lineup than we came with last year. And I think it's gonna pay dividends. Like it's gonna, once teams see that we're a little bit stingy and we're a little bit heavier and we're a little bit bigger and a little more physical, I think it leads to turnovers. And I think it leads to the puck going the other way into our playmaker's hands. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, another guy that you don't really think of of being heavy or playing tough is Mackenzie Blackwood. So I mean, Blackwood has shown flashes of brilliance. He really has. I mean, some of those like highlight reel saves that he's had, I mean, it's it's crazy. But he he's looked worse than he's looked better of recently. He has had a pretty bad stretch for the past two years. I understand he's coming off of an injury. I get it. He's got the heel thing. You know, he's fighting with the Devils. They threw him out there when he wasn't ready, or what? You know, it's like, but he didn't do himself any favors by not getting vaccinated and kind of being a bit of a disruption to the team at the beginning of the year. Now I get it. The vaccine, you know, vaccine thing is that's people's personal preference, and it's none of my business. I don't care. But when you're involved in a team sport, and they're making it really hard for you to, uh, you know, the, the NHL obviously made it very hard for unvaccinated players to, you know, conti- continue to be not vaccinated by not traveling with the team. Or you couldn't go into Canada. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. And I said it at the beginning of the year. I said, shit, well, Blackwood's going to have a lot of people giving him shit if he comes out and he doesn't look good and he's, and he's a disruption. Uh, and then sure enough, Bernier goes down. And then Blackwood had a horrible season. Um, so I'm really curious to see how he comes out this year. It's going to be a contract year. He's a kid where he's a big dude. He's from Canada. Plays. He looks like a badass, but I, I want to see it. I want to see him come out and like show that he wants to take the reins. He's not going to get pushed out of his net. He's the clear start number one. And that's not to say that Manichak can't play better than him or won't have stretches where, you know, they're going to go with the hot hand and play him. I'm fine with that. But, you know, if this team is going to have a franchise goalie, it's probably going to be Mackenzie Blackwood. And if that's the case, he needs to come out this year and really show that he is who we all think he can be. If not, um, it's going to be, you know – You know it's like having a quarterback if you have if you have two good quarterbacks it means you don't have one good quarterback you know what i mean so hopefully uh hopefully vanichek does push him and it kind of lights a little bit of a fire under his ass to come out and uh hopefully he's healthy and he could put his best foot forward so um yeah, that's pretty, much, that's pretty much what we got today. We're just going to, this is just basically like a test. Um, I just wanted to see how it came out. I wanted to see how the software that I'm using uh, sounds, what my voice sounds like, if it's, you know, what I got to work on, stuff like that. But um, please feel free to share, comment, um, you know, give me any kind of, uh, if you have any kind of input or, you know, uh suggestions please feel free or questions for the next one whatever you want to do um i'm curious to hear what everybody has to say uh like i said i'm a season ticket holder so i'll be hitting training camp uh, i'll try to pop in for for one of those dates and then i'll be at the preseason games um but yeah i mean you guys will catch me at reds having some beers before a game and um we're going to try to do something probably like once a week so as for now it's just going to be me but that's not to say that we can't have guests and stuff like that moving forward Um, the next episode i'm going to do is going to be a devil's uh schedule breakdown episode um just glancing at it there were some there's a lot of storylines in there that i think um could be interesting the devils are set up to really come out of the gate strong I, i like the schedule to start and I tell you what if we get a we get a couple you know I think it's very favorable. I think the Devils could be in a very very favorable place if they play up to their standards and hopefully nobody gets injured, you know, key key guys get injured but um the, the beginning of the schedule looks good, and it would be nice for us to be playing in January and thinking, like, looking at the schedule down the stretch, maybe being in the playoff picture in January because when March rolls around, it looks tough. We got the gauntlet in March, and we are going to have a lot of tough games, and then you're going to need to put your big boy pants on for the month of March, so I'm hoping that um, – I'm hoping they get off to a hot start and we get like a snowball effect running downhill. So when March comes, you got some confidence and hopefully we're still in it by then and we can try to at least be in a run for the playoffs. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, In the meantime, I'm going to get this posted and then um, please send some comments. Tell me I suck. Tell me, you know, Papo Zaka is great. Whatever you want to say, I'm all ears. And yeah, we're gonna take it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play it by ear, one step at a time. And hopefully, uh, you guys enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Right from the trap, Billy Botch. I'm out.